welcome everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker here, as always, with my co-hosts Vanessa Hogel and our chat shenanigator Shauna down in the chat room. We have with us tonight our very good friend Rob Guttrow to kick off the new year. He's a uh, author of several books that he has published now, the latest Kindred Spirits. He's also a psychic medium. I've known Rob for uh, several years now. He'll come on talk about pets in the afterlife. We've talked about uh, ghosts in, in Europe, um, all kinds of different topics, Rob. He's also a meteorologist, so he also brings that scientific angle uh, along with everything else. So, uh, Rob, great to have you back. It's great to be back. Always great to be among friends. Uh, we love having you on. <laughs> we gave you a big old shout out too on rabbit pellets. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our uh, our podcast that we uh, published was that yesterday morning it went out, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we were kind of previewing for the beginning of the year. Yeah, we we spent a little bit of time on you, Rob. <laughs> uh oh, I, I, I'll have to listen. I haven't listened yet. Please do and share. Anyone who goes on and listens to Rabbit Pellets or uh, is watching this particular show right now, please hit that subscribe button and the bell. Tell your friends we're sweet people. You know you love us. We're going on five years now, so obviously the love is there, okay? So get to work. Yep, yep. All of the uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole episodes from now on will be on this new channel. So, and uh, there was the comment in there a little bit earlier about super chats, and that'll happen. We got to hit a, a thousand subscribers. So, you guys have been doing pretty good so far, up to two hundred, and we haven't even been broadcasting really from here. So, um, but Rob, um, the last time we had you on, we talked about your latest book, Kindred Spirits, and when I was talking with you some weeks ago about you coming back on, we bumped you up. Uh, to this one because originally you're supposed to be coming on January 28th, but um, we need to, <laughs> we had a spot open up, so had you come on early. But uh, you had mentioned wanting to talk about holiday spirits as one of your your topics, and so um, that's always uh, very interesting because um, one of the old customs that we don't really do so much anymore was around the holidays, people would sit around and tell ghost stories. And it seems like that's starting to come a little bit back in vogue, but not like it had been, say, like during the Victorian era. Yeah, that's true. I, they're even referenced in, uh, in, in song and, um, and uh, even in the Christmas Carol. Yeah. About ghost stories, yeah. So. Yeah, Christmas Carol um, is one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> of course, you know, combining Christmas with ghosts and um, the 1970 version of, of Scrooge with Albert Finney is uh, is my favorite. But yeah, that's a you know ultimate classic there from from Charles Dickens. Yeah. By the way, uh, there's a new take on that, uh, and that's the man who invented Christmas. It came out a couple of years ago, and so we are we started watching that now as a tradition. It's really cool. It's a cool movie. Very cool. I haven't I haven't have seen that, that yet. Up. I haven't either. Now, let me ask you, Rob. I mean, do you think the origination of ghost stories during the holidays was more um, as a remembrance, a, a fond remembrance, a, a sharing of love and, and of tales from the past? Um, or was it to scare? Because today, by today's standards, everybody seems to need to be scared. So it makes me wonder if the origination is going to be different than the rebirth. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think that people have been telling ghost stories, if you will, though long before Christmas ever came to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that people have always felt like the spirits of their loved ones were around on special occasions. Like 
even birthdays. Birthdays, anniversaries, or holidays, as I like to say. Um, so I think even in, in ancient times, um, and I, I think the, I guess when the Christians adopted Saturnalia, mm-hmm. the, the Roman holiday, they, they took that also. So it wasn't always just for, for shock value. It's for many different reasons, lessons, memories, love. So many things that I think we forget nowadays with ghost stories. Yeah, I think you're right. We were talking about that um, earlier before we went on, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a big positive aspect of, of uh, ghosts, earthbound ghosts, and spirits who have crossed over, especially around the holidays. Very, very true. Very true. Um, now, I, let I, me ask you this. Oh, you know, do you think that because people are you know focused on family and family that has passed on that you know their longing to connect with those people kind of brings those spirits out of the woodwork you know, for lack of a better term um i do i i think that anytime you really think of a, a spirit they'll actually come around or try to come around and give you a, a sign um that they're there um you know we can we can always call on the spirits of our loved ones and they'll be there to help us out whether or not we know it um just like if you are uh if you do something that's out of character for you and it winds up saving your life or saving you money or um you know not getting into a car accident um and you were thinking of that person maybe it was that person's uh birthday or the day they passed or something like that but there's always spirits helping us out I think we forget that. I really do. And I think it's a shame. I I think we are always searching. And I I say we in the largest terminology possible. The (laughs) grand we, you know. Um, I'm using that term very broadly. That that we, we ignore the small signs because we're waiting for the big one. It's like not being able to see the forest for the trees. I believe that there are so many little instances and, and, and little synchronicities that show that those who have cared about us in the past or, or have loved us in some way or that we have shared love with are always there somewhere in, in spirit or um, just trying to let us know, I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. And because they're not coming out with a big sandwich board and ringing their bell, we ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. True. <laughs> oh, come on they do that to scrooge they start ringing the bells <laughs> i know right i know i just i guess my point is let's let's not forget those little things those little things where you know like like rob was saying you get stuck in traffic be, you know for whatever reason and you're thinking of that person and something happens and and they saved you from an accident you know or right. whatever it is it just acknowledge those little instances pay your respect by acknowledging them absolutely and that goes for pets too (laughs) i love him i I was have to throw the pet thing in yeah no and that's and that's great that you do um i was on um vegas supernatural uh radio show with sean whittington last night and Mm -hmm. he actually asked me about um, spirits of animals, and I referred them directly to you. I was like, "You, you <laughs> gotta talk to Rob Gutcher." <laughs> you know, I kind of gave my little answer to it, but you know, you're you're pretty much the expert in that realm, and um, you know, the the animals of spirits coming back and visiting their their owners. 
well thanks i yeah i have such a love for animals and and um as you guys know i've worked for animal rescue dog rescue for like the last 10 years um as another hobby in addition to the paranormal and meteorology and all that other stuff <laughs> so. uh, i have to share something with you rob you're gonna be so proud okay because okay. i'm not the animal gal i send people to you because you're the animal dude okay but i was doing a reading for somebody obviously the readings are private so i'm not going to go into great detail but for the first for first time in a long time and it's only happened a handful of times when i was doing this reading this person asked me about another individual and what I, and you know what was the first thing that popped into my mind and it was this little dog and i described the dog um, to her and she goes oh my gosh and it was to a t exactly the, the 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 way the animal looked its breed everything wow. and um and she goes i can't i can't believe he's coming through and i said because he wants her to get another dog you know huh. and yeah. yep. and she was just absolutely amazed absolutely amazed and promised to pass the message along because it wasn't the person I was doing the reading for. It was somebody else. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this little animal came through to me for a reading of somebody else, but was for someone else they knew. Yeah. I, you know, I talk about that a lot um, when um, when people ask me why they can't get signs. And I, I will tell them that sometimes your grief may be blocking the signs from your loved ones and but your loved ones in spirit will find a way to get the message to you even if they have to go through somebody else so boy that's, do that's they awesome. <laughs> they sure do that's happened more times than i could count yeah. <laughs> you know even for strangers i've had to seek people out on social media yeah wow. we, do, we do have a, a specific question here from yes. david why does rob believe that a fur baby pet can be a kindred spirit for a person um, well, I, I believe that it can be a spirit guide, certainly, um, because I, I know that because Buzz, my Weimaraner, mm -hmm. um, has come back as a spirit guide to me after he passed. So, um, and they really are your best friends. They really, you know, they really are kindred spirits to us. Um, and, and that's, you know, that was, that's why I wrote, I named that book Kindred Spirits is because this guy that I never met. Uh, communicated with me 14 years and he became like a best friend yeah. um so yes absolutely animals can be your kindred spirits as well as your spirit guides and you can have more than one spirit guide oh yeah i think people get confused on that you can have many because situations dictate different guides mm -hmm. well yeah. i've had um you know two different people like years apart and they did not know each other uh tell me that I had 10 spirit guides, and I don't know if that's true, and I'm not trying to say, oh, look okay, at how many spirit guides I have, no, nothing like that. 10 has always been a number that's followed me around, so I always found that interesting, but um, yeah, the the idea that, like you were saying, Vanessa, um, multiple spirit guides serving multiple functions, so, um, so kind of bringing it back to the pets with Rob, would a a pet serve as a function there as one of your guides? Yes. So I wonder if the number of spirit guides that you have says something about um, your 
your life and the stage. It means that, I need a lot of freaking uh, help. You, <laughs> that, that really wasn't what I was trying to get at. But. <laughs> let's go with that. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> You have a lot of stress and a lot of responsibility. Oh <laughs> I'm going to put a positive spin on this. Okay. Yeah. You have That's a where lot I was of, going. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of stress and a lot of responsibilities, and a lot of people depend on you, Mike. So yes. sometimes your guidance might take a joint effort. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a nicer way to put it, yeah. Yes. Also, some of your spirit guides are actually trying to to push you in the direction of previous, of past lives. Hmm. And to, to it's like they, they are leftovers from your previous lives that are trying to remind you of situations, habits, encounters, and goals that you had in those particular lives. So you have your guides of today that are helping you do what you need to do, but then you also have your previous guides of a past life that are always there, constant reminder, trying to bring you full circle. So there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, they're, they're very much involved in your writing, in your need to travel, and in your need to explore and discover different things. That is where that comes from. That isn't the current ones that are the, that's the past ones. Should I get them each since we're talking holidays? Should I get them each Christmas presents (laughs) as like a thank you? Just say something sweet for them and a lot of candles. All right. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, that's fine. (laughs) But I guess I guess you know, kind of, but but playing off of that, you know. And wrapping it back into, you know, the holidays and everything, Rob, would you find that around the holidays is perhaps a time in which spirit guides maybe play a little bit more of a role for people? I do think so. Yes. Um, You know, as Vanessa mentioned, uh, travel actually certainly is one of the ways that spirit guides will help us make sure that we get from one place to another traveling during the holidays. Um, uh, even learning how to put up with family members that you don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that takes a few spirit guides. Um, so yeah, I, I think that they uh, they all help us during the holidays. Um, but there, um, some of the other things I wanted to talk to you about with in terms of holidays are the earthbound ghosts too, because they tend to come out around the holidays okay mm-hmm. so so i can i can highlight one of the stories that i wrote in uh, in my my first book ghosts and spirits and it, i called it the three ghosts of uh, of christmas of christmas past um like the charles dickens novel <laughs> um have either of you been to the ford theater in washington dc no i have yeah i've been there okay um so um so the Ford Theater is well known because in that theater, um, that's where John Wilkes Booth assassinated President Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Lincoln actually was brought across the street, and he passed away in, uh, in a house across the street. But, right. Um, so there's a lot of energy in that theater. When you were there, Mike, did you encounter anything? Um, I can't say that I did. When uh, I actually visited, I was a I was a kid. I was like nine years old something like that um because yeah what was that the summer no it was um 
spring break when I was in fourth grade. Um, and it's funny, I ended up working like right around the corner from it that last year I was in Maryland. It walked by it all the time, but never stepped back in. So go figure that. But I went to where they, um, the the house, the boarding house where they plotted the murder because now it's a Chinese restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old Surratt boarding house is now walk and roll. No. <laughs> yes. But they have a nice you plaque know, on the side of the building that tells you what it was. I like puns, but that one hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I went to uh, the Ford's Theater, here's what's interesting about the experience that I had there, because it was later verified by two other mediums. Um, and, I, and neither of them had any knowledge of what I encountered there. So... Um, in, in the Ford's Theater, uh, I went in because the National Park Service was um, would give you a, a like a historic overview, um, and they would make you sit in the seats, the theater seats, and they still do uh, productions there and so forth. Um, so we sat there, and while I, we were sitting there, there was um, there was a man that came up to me, and and he was dead. Actually, he was <laughs> um, he was apparently an actor there before. Um, and he was trying to get my attention, but I, I kind of waved him off. Um, it wasn't until I encountered the second ghost that was there that I found out she was an actress. And she was an actress during the time that President Lincoln was assassinated. Um, and what she showed me really um, made me uh, do a double take. She showed me President Lincoln's coffin being taken through the street for Washington, D.C. And she showed me that there was a black cloth draped over the coffin. Now, I didn't know that. I wasn't, you know, I, what I know is that, and I live near Washington, D.C., they always drape a flag over the coffins. Um, so when I got home, I looked it up. Well, sure enough, there was a black uh, drape put over the coffin of President Lincoln. So um, it's amazing what messages and what visuals <clears throat> that, that ghosts can share with you. Now she stayed behind because she loved the theater and she's still there today. Um, but the visual, just the visual cues that, that help confirm, you know, that they still inhabit that place um, are pretty amazing. The, um, the, the third ghost of Christmas past, if you will, that I encountered was the most infamous ghost, John Wilkes Booth. Ah. And he wasn't in the theater. What was really weird is that he was in the gift shop. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, I, I know that, you know, of course it wasn't a gift shop back then, but um, I, I'm not even sure it was part of that building back then it might have been built out it could have been the alleyway in which he went uh he, he jumped on the horse do you do you happen to know um yeah i don't i don't know now what it that alleyway ha is um but it, i mean it's a possibility it makes sense i mean i know more of his trek after uh he left washington when he went to the surratt house and then the mud house and, and all of that mud house, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I've been to actually both as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, and I had some interesting encounters with Dr. Mudd himself. Um, but what's fascinating is that when I went in the gift shop, you know, I wasn't even thinking about uh, about him because the gift shop is the very first place that I went before we went in for the tour. Uh, we were while well, we were waiting for the tour, and um, I, I sensed that there was a man standing there, and he was very arrogant, and he was very haughty and um, very proud of himself and um, I, I started asking questions you know telepathically as we do because if you ask out loud and there's nobody there <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah they might think you're a little weird right yeah. no yeah they do yeah. Vanessa how many times have you asked a ghost questions I used aloud? to do it all the time when I was first starting out publicly mm-hmm. um, and I learned real quick that doesn't fly in polite society. So no. now if I'm being filmed, I'm talking in my head and I have to be reminded to say it out loud. <laughs> I learned the hard way. The gentleman that you're talking about was full of hubris. Yeah, he was. And he still is. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so when I was in this in the skip shop, uh, he told me that this was his proudest, the, the, the site of his proudest moment. Hmm. Um, and I thought, wow, this guy is really a jerk. Um, and he's giving up very bad energy. Um, so I went over and I asked the, um, I asked the, uh, the people that work in the gift shop, I said, have you ever had any, any issues with the electricity going on and off or maybe an alarm going on and off? Right. And they, they said, yes, they've had plenty of experiences. Both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I said, okay. So that confirmed to me that there was, in fact, you know, an entity there. So um, when uh, when I was walking through, I got the urge to stop. I felt like somebody was actually guiding me to, to, a, to a part of the gift shop, and I turned around, and there was the display of John Wilkes Booth's stuff. Wow. And that confirmed it for me. Yeah, because they have his boot there on display, right? Okay. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I thought I remember the people at the uh, the Mud House making that reference back to the back to Force Theater. So what's interesting is that over the like two or three years afterward, um, in the two or three years afterward, um, two other mediums that have I've grown to know very well and become they have become my friends. Um, both went to Force Theater. We. We took our friend Ruth Larkin. She's known as the Beantown Medium. She, she works out in the Boston area. Um, we took her there, and she was in the gift shop, and we, I didn't say anything about it. Um, and she came over to me, and she said, there's a really arrogant jerk standing over here. He's a ghost. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and he said, do you know who he is? And I said, well, uh, look at where you're standing. She was sure enough. She was standing right from the John Wilkes Booth display, uh-huh. um, so she knew who it was. Um, and then my friend Troy, who is also uh, a medium on inspired mm-hmm. ghost tracking, he texted me and he said, "Hey, Rob, I'm in um, <laughs> I'm in Ford's Theater, and I'm in the gift shop, and there's a really arrogant <laughs> in here." And he said, "He is really a jerk," and he said, "Is that John Wilkes Booth?" Yeah, 
that's that's the guy that I sensed that was in there. So, so everybody's wow. picking up on him. Everybody's Interesting. Picking up on him. Yeah, and you know, and none of us, you know, none of us said anything to anybody else until you know, we compared notes. So all separate compare. Yeah. Okay. That's very cool. That's very cool. That is. I I need to go there now. One of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. So we do have some uh, questions and comments coming in from the chat, um, kind of back on some of our previous topics, but I don't want to forget about them. Uh, from Zippy Davis, what are your thoughts on Krampus since we were talking about holiday spirits? Uh, I, I thought Krampus was a made up thing. So I'm going to have to defer to you guys. <laughs> I, I didn't even see the movie. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the movies or anything like that. Um, my understanding is it is based off of some German legend, and you'd think I would know more about it having German lineage, but I really don't. So. It's it's a very, um, they're, they're, to my knowledge, I am by no means an expert, but there there isn't actual evidence of Krampus existing. Krampus was essentially what parents would tell their kids about to try to keep them from being naughty mm -hmm. is my understanding that okay. Krampus, instead of Santa Claus coming, Krampus would come and it is Germanic in nature, but that is a very, the minimal amount that I know of the actual story. So, but not unlike the boogeyman or, you know, something else, well, same, same type of situation. Yeah. Like the Mexican legend of La Llorona is supposed to be kind of the same thing to scare the children and keep them in line. Exactly. So. Right. Okay. So that's my understanding, but Thanks. not not a basis in fact. <laughs> By the way, Mike, I, I saw your video on uh, La Brona, and it was extremely well done. As thank you. you do is. Um, and and by the way, uh, Vanessa, I know a little German. Uh huh. He lives down the street from me. He's about four <laughs> ten. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> I covered up the mic. We still heard it. Still heard it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Yeah, I'm German. I'm third generation American, and I know very, very, very little. My um, grandpa is first generation American. He was born in 1894. Yeah, actually, ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Yeah, Gesundheit. Yeah, I know. Don't you say six is sex? Sex, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody knows that from National Lampoon's European That's Vacation. That's how I know it. <laughs> I'm looking for sex. There you go. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, so, that's me. <laughs> couple other <laughs> couple other questions. Um, well, actually, this is a, a couple of comments from um, Rebecca Gardner. She first said, "I constantly hear the tick, tick, tick of our dog. We had to put down after 14 years across the linoleum floor. Oh. She only settles down once I tell her I hear her." And then she says, "I would love to know why my spirit guides have gone on strike. At least it seems that way." Well, spirit guides really only come to us when we really need them. Um, so it seems to me that since your dog passed, it, your dog has actually become your main spirit guide right now because you had a very, very close bond with, uh, with him or her. So, uh, so that's why you continue to hear the nails on the floor. Interesting. I would, okay. I would agree with that. Yeah. Most definitely. And sometimes it feels like they're going on strike, but a lot of times it's simply 
because we can become just like mediums. When people go to a medium constantly, they become dependent upon them to make their choices. Spirit guide, same type of situation. Sometimes we have to just be responsible for ourselves. That's true. And to remember the teachings, you know, that we've had, the lessons that we've learned in order to, to make our own way, because there is such a thing as free will. You know, and nobody, nobody can jack with free will, including the spirit guide. So if you feel like you've been abandoned, it's because they trust you enough to make your decisions on your own. Makes Very sense. Well Sometimes it is Makes that sense. simple. So speaking of spirit guides, uh, Alina asks, how do we communicate or reach out our to our spirit guides best? Hmm. Um, well, the first, the, the the way that I first got in touch with my spirit guide or one of my spirit guides was through a guided meditation. Um, someone that I know uh, put on soft music and presented a scenario where uh, you picture yourself in like a forested area and you walk through the forested area toward the, uh, the rising sun and eventually um, you come out to a clearing and standing in the clearing is somebody uh, waiting for you and they will introduce themselves and that would be your spirit guide. I mean, I, I really cut that way, <laughs> way down, but um, you know, it's like a 20, 30 minute thing and you can find those things online. I think too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just do a little Googling and you can find some good information. Mm -hmm. I know we had, um, Oh, I think it was about a, maybe a year ago now. The first time we had Kelly McCarvel on, um, it ended up being like a huge spirit guide conversation. And um, she ended up speaking at the Hunter Road Media Paracon uh, about spirit guides. So you guys can go back to the Hunter Road Media channel <laughs> after this is done and um, and go find that video for more information about spirit guides. So that was a pretty maybe good one. Maybe you could share that one, Mike. Share that one again. I could go ahead and share that out for sure. All right. Um so we were talking about uh, about ghosts and spirits on holidays. So we, I yep. addressed the ghosts on, on holidays. Um, but there's also spirits. So um, and spirits over loved ones will always come around. Um, I, I remember back one Thanksgiving, I think it was about seven years ago, uh, my friend Lynn had lost her brother uh, many, many years ago. And um, he actually came to me to tell me that that he was actually sitting at her Thanksgiving table this year, um, and he gave me other, you know, he gave me all kinds of things that I, that I shared with her, and um, she said that year that she was really, really missing her brother, and it had been years since she had since he had passed, um, but he, she had imagined that he was sitting at her table when in fact he was because he came through to me, and and that's just a note for everybody that's listening is that the spirits of your loved ones really do sit at your table around the holidays and any kind of celebration. And it's, it's not uncommon in, in many cultures to leave a place setting for them, you know? And I, I think if, when you talk about breaking bread with somebody or, or sharing the one thing that we all love that is food and food is the epitome of love, you know, when you're, when you're talking about, especially the holidays, set that extra place setting. You know, set that extra, the glass and the silverware and the plates, and you don't have to put anything on it. It's an acknowledgement. That's all it is. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That will not hold a loved one 
to this earth if they're not meant to be here. Mm -hmm. So for those who have been told that, knock that shit right out of your head, okay? <laughs> Ag acknowledging your loved ones who have who has passed who have passed does not mean you're causing them harm and making them stay. It means you're acknowledging them and, and that is great. Yes, and you know, relative to that, I just got I just answered a question that I got on social media um, yesterday. Someone said that they had um, they had taken home the ashes of their uh, I think their brother who passed away, and they were concerned that that it would hold their brother's spirit here on Earth. Hmm. And, and I just want everybody to know that no, that doesn't do that. You know, once once we pass. Um, the energy within us combines with our memories and our personality and our knowledge, and we choose to stay earthbound at a fixed location of our choosing. That's what I call a ghost. Or we cross over and join the energies of the universe or heaven or whatever, and that's what I call a spirit. So um, so I told her, I said, your brother has already crossed over. Those ashes will not hold him. They don't act as a prison. They're just really remnants of a physical life left behind. Um, they, I mean, they can draw him back back to the ashes, um, but they're not any kind of a, a, a holding Anchor. cell. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead, Rob, and call a spade a damn spade. There are those in this field that believe that instilling fear or regret or sadness makes this more important. When in fact, finding out and communicating with and respecting and acknowledging those who have passed is is the most important thing. It doesn't it doesn't uh, you don't need anybody else to talk to your deceased loved ones. You don't need me. You don't need anybody else. You're allowed to talk to them. You're allowed to acknowledge them. You're allowed to love them. You're allowed to communicate with them. And for those that are out there telling you that you are not because you're causing damage, they are causing irreparable damage by putting that thought in your head. Get that shit right out of there. And it yeah, makes it me mad. It makes me very angry. Because when somebody is grieving, the last thing they need to be told is that they're causing their loved one to be unhappy or, 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 or causing them damage. That's the last thing they need to hear. Sure. And it's never true. It's, it's never, never true. Yeah, it's it never just true. means that they're wanting you to keep coming back and keep giving them money. Mm -hmm. Because yep. they are the only ones that can talk to them. Bullshit. I'm yeah. calling. I'm calling bullshit. So I had my piece. I'm yeah. done. So and, and that, you know, that's why, as you know, that's why I've written the, the books that I've written is that to teach people how their loved ones communicate from the other side. And, and there is a difference between the way that, that ghosts, earthbound ghosts will communicate versus spirits that will communicate. And, and one of the main ways that, that people should know is that spirits can come to us in our dreams. Um, I oh, yeah. found that ghosts have a harder time to do that. Earthbound ghosts really have a hard time to do that. I mean, they can, they can, ghosts can be standing next to you when you're sleeping and, you know, make you feel like somebody's standing over you even if you're sleeping you can sense that presence um we all do that you know i'm a light sleeper so when a nightlight goes out in the other room i wake up <laughs> so, 
Um, and it's the same thing is if, if you're in a, if you're staying in a haunted place, you may, if you're a light sleeper, you may wake up. If, uh, if a, a ghost, an earthbound ghost walks into your room, has, has that ever happened to either of you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a wide open fucking book. So I, <laughs> they just, it, it's, it's like this the majority of the time okay. um those that you call ghosts and those you call spirits it's constant so it's yeah. hard for me to differentiate they're just there yeah i mean i've had the uh, the visitations in dreams before after uh my my grandparents had, had passed on and i i know for a fact it was them um and they were trying to you know help me through a uh, a difficult time in my life and it was kind of interesting because they were trying to let me know that everything's okay and i'm just constantly you know asking well how are you guys doing you know because i just miss them so much so <laughs> they're they're trying to reassure me while i'm just more interested in that they're okay when they're you know perfectly fine so um but that's beautiful yeah yeah it was it a is. really nice moment yeah that's uh those happen more often than people think they just poo poo it away yeah you yeah. know it didn't happen or they rationalize it don't always have to rationalize the beautiful Sometimes it just is. Yeah, sometimes those things happen. Uh, we do have some uh, some more questions down here from the chat room um, related to some of the different things that we're talking about. So um, from Basis1945, uh, Rob, what is the difference between a spirit guide and a guardian angel? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, a spirit guide is definitely someone who's very personally connected to make sure that you live life in uh, um, in, a, in a, not only a, a good way but um, it helps you through a lot of the obstacles um, I guess a guardian angel can be considered the same thing because uh, unless you know a guardian angel can also be considered uh, like a family member um, I, I think that's just really a generic term guardian angel because a, a, the spirit of a loved one can prevent you from getting seriously injured in a car accident when the car is totaled and i've seen people walk away from total cars and mm -hmm. i know that someone in spirit is with them and they'll say oh my guardian angel is with me but i think it's a spirit of a loved one yeah people have uh reported having somebody pull them out of the car when there was absolutely nobody else there mm -hmm. and so you know who or what was that perception of faith was really the only difference if you're catholic or christian or baptist or pentecostal you might call them your guardian angel if you're a pagan or heathen or or, or you know agnostic you might call it spirit guide it really just is perception of faith cool that, that's a good point <laughs> that makes sense um from Leslie Fear, how can we find out our spirit guides' names or if they're related or not? Um, again, it, it all comes back to uh, going online, going on YouTube somewhere, and, and having uh, maybe a, a guided um, meditation. Uh, and I know that they're on they're online somewhere. You can find twenty minute meditations that will make you sit and relax, close your eyes, and, and take you through that like that wooded path kind of scenario that I described earlier um, that's probably the easiest way okay yep so Google <laughs> yeah Google. Google it is it is the technology uh, age y'all Google that shit okay? yes yeah that's... you'll be all right <laughs> by the way Mike um, I, 
Yeah. I know that every time I come on, we talk about my books, but I, I really wanted to remind people that that you um, have some incredible books with the encounters of the paranormal here. Um, yeah, you these, mentioned you wanted to talk about those. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I want to make sure that I, I talk about You have some fantastic contributions to those. We're, we're, yeah. running, <laughs> we're running out of time. So, um, But no, there are so many great authors that have uh, there and, are. and paranormal experts that have put stories in there um, that I think that everybody really should read them. And they're, they're all really short. So, you know, you can you can read a great story of a, an amazing experience in in the four volumes. Are you doing another one? Um, yeah, we'll be doing a, a fifth. Uh, I, I did not do one this past year because I was working on the, the Shadow Person book, A Walk in the Shadows, which you also have contributed to. Um, and that'll be coming out January 21st. So um, I haven't made it official or anything like that. I have been thinking about putting another one together for uh, for this fall. I don't have a location uh, pinpointed yet. So each of the last uh, three, we've picked a location that the proceeds will go uh, to, to help. So um, like the one right here, uh, proceeds go to help the fairy plantation. So we haven't picked out a location for a fifth book yet. So okay. once we do, then the ball will probably get rolling and we'll start collecting stories again. Well, I will say that one of my uh, favorite stories is, is my experience with Shana um, when mm -hmm. we investigated the old mineral springs. Yeah, which is um, in this one. Yeah, and... Um, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but together we uh, we were in sync with each other the entire night. Right. <laughs> um, so everybody needs to pick that volume up. What is it? Is that volume four? It's volume four. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. The chapter is medium sync to solve Mineral Springs mysteries. Rob Gutcher and Shana Wankel, and so there's. Mineral Springs, and then there is the fantastic illustration of the little girl. Now, what's interesting about this, Rob, um, I can't remember if we told you or not, or if the story may have gotten around to you, but we actually, at the last Paracon uh, that we had there, we actually saw the girl. There were five of us that saw her. Oh my gosh, yeah. no. Yeah, it was wow. really, really interesting. Yeah, she was, um, and, I, and I recount the story in A Walk in the Shadows. Um, oh, cool. Because the way it started off was it was black smoke down uh, coming from the end of the hall. And it started as it was coming toward us. It was kind of creeping up the wall and then coming back down, creeping up the wall, coming back down. And then it creeped up the wall one more time. It kind of stayed there and it morphed into the little girl. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really wow. interesting. So it was uh, me, Shauna, uh, Tom McNicholas, Nick Moulet, and Dustin Samario who, who all saw that. So. It was really cool. That's amazing. Well, uh, I wonder if you're going to see her again this year. I hope so. I hope so. I definitely want to go back. We've, uh, when we have gone back, we've tried to interact with her and haven't really gotten much since then. Um, Shauna really, of course, has that interaction with Molly. Molly kind of follows her around now um, from the one room upstairs. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had always heard about, you know, the stories of the little girl there and, you know, you had recounted it in, um, in that book encounters with paranormal volume four. And then we finally saw her. So, wow. and, and it was down, it was down that hallway where her, her quote unquote room is at. 
And, you know, we were trying to coax her forward, coax her forward, and she did and basically stopped right at that door, which is supposed to be her room. Okay. So, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Well, while we're on the topic of books, I have to uh, I have to throw a plug in there for a book by Vanessa that I just finished reading called Giving Up the Ghost. I think that, that oh, cool. uh, everybody needs to read this book because it's like an autobiography of, of oops of how a um, how a medium came to uh, came to really explore her talents, um, and uh, you feel like you're walking through uh, Vanessa's life with her right there. Uh, and experiencing all kinds of things. So it's Giving Up the Ghost by Vanessa Hogan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I would love for you. I talked about New Orleans in that book. I would love to go there with you. Oh, I'm sure that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. so, so I was there. I was actually in New Orleans for the first and only time in uh, May 2005, just three months shy of Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. um, and it, there were dead people all over the place when I was oh, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> When Hurricane Katrina hit, I believe that there were over 1,100 people who drowned mm -hmm. as a result of the levees being breached. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think there are, I think there's quite a few more. You can't throw a stone yep. and not hit a dead person. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, there's so many and they're so loving. They're so loving. I talked oh, at one point in time uh, in the book, I think I put this in the book where we were coming from the garden district the 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 um uh street cars didn't work even though the hotel told us they did mm -hmm. so we're you know my little chub uh oh she locked uh -oh. up at us she did that happens with her sometimes her internet connection will just suddenly whoop, we'll go kaput okay, but i don't know why yeah oh no okay, she's back here i am yeah i have the best internet in oklahoma so why it's doing this i have no idea <laughs> but um but no, I was walking in right there in front of uh, St. Louis Cathedral, right there in Jackson Square. Mm -hmm. And this woman came up and hugged me and asked me when I was coming home and told me it was, she was so happy to see me. I remember reading that. Yes. And, and the warmth that I felt from her was, I can still feel it today. I can still feel it today. And I've, it's just, it's, it's my Mecca. It's my heart. I love it down there. And they seem to love me. So go figure. So that, that leads to another thing that I always like to tell people about when you are drawn to a place or drawn to a time in history, um, that means to me that you lived there before. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we yeah, talked I believe about that, that with, with me um, when, when I went to Tombstone, Arizona for the first time and I, I gave somebody directions to the, uh, the courthouse without even knowing where the courthouse was and then I had to go follow my own directions and sure enough the courthouse was there and mm -hmm. I was I was dumbfounded I, I thought how do I how do I know that and, and there's no rhyme or reason yeah so then I did a past life regression um it, it was in a like a yoga studio um they, some they had a guest there and I did it and sure enough uh the past life regression showed that I was living out in the outskirts of Tombstone, I I, had, I was um, I don't remember what I was doing, but I, I could actually see how I was dressed, and I had a dog. There was a dog. There was a hound dog. You know that makes a lot of sense. Behind me, so that, that 
also yeah translated to my affinity for loving dogs in this life absolutely i am um, i'm sure you read about it in giving up the ghost i found the house i actually lived in i did <laughs> and i stood there and amazing cried. i stood there and cried i found i at the actual home that i lived in and it's uh, still owned by this particular family that's owned it for a hundred some odd years and it's unkept they just pay the taxes on it they won't let anyone in they won't let anyone touch it they won't let anyone tear it down nothing but i stood there and cried Uh, yeah i I don't have giving up the ghost with me right here but i i I do have your rebel witch book here (laughs) there's that yes yes so uh, another example of of being drawn to a place that uh, reveals that you lived there one time happened um, happened with my husband Tom, um, and this is something that I wrote about in my book, um, Ghosts of England on a Medium's Vacation, mm-hmm. uh, because when we went to this is the book here when we went to England um, before we went to England, Tom had no abilities as a medium whatsoever. In fact, he would say to me all the time, he said, you know, I wish I could feel things the way you do. I wish I could sense uh, people who passed, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, you know, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen? You have the ability, but you have to learn how to use it. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, when you're married to someone, they say, yeah, whatever. <laughs> True story. But, yeah. So, but we went to, it was Westminster Abbey and suddenly he started smelling like a rotting corpse mm-hmm. and he said there's somebody standing in that corner area where the king's tomb is and i walked over there and sure enough i i sensed the same entity and i said what's going on with you as we walked through there he kept smelling a rotting corpse there's a lot of ghosts in westminster abbey yeah and, i've been there yeah one that pulled our hair at the same time as a matter of fact and i wrote about that in there um and for the rest of our trip in England, um, we were confirming each other's uh, readings about the ghosts that we encountered. Um, so he was drawn to England. He's always mm-hmm. been drawn to England. And that proved to me that he lived there before. The southwest uh, area of England, is uh, of uh, London, is where he lived. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, the southwest section of town is where he lived. Yeah, I need to have him talk with you. Yeah. <laughs> We also found out that he lived in Ireland too, in another life. Um, in way the before that, in the northwest part of Ireland, but not Northern Ireland. Do you know where Dingle, so, the Dingle Peninsula is? Uh, that is um, that is a nor- that is a northwest, but it's Northern Ireland, northwest, uh, over by is it over by Donegal? Uh, I'm not I sure. I think it might be, but it is on the west side. It's on the west side. Was, he was northwest of Galway. <laughs> yeah, that, that that makes sense too because when we were there, he did it, and he actually did a, a past life regression. Mm-hmm. And when he did it, he he described this house that he lived in. Mm-hmm. When we visited the Dingle Peninsula, there was a museum. We went inside. They had a recreation of houses that existed, like in the eleven or twelve hundreds. Mm-hmm. And he, he said this is exactly the house that I described and he freaked mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he's he's lived in, in England, he's lived in Ireland, and it, it's just pretty amazing. So for, for everybody who's listening, 
think about you know what you're what you find appealing because that is a clue to who you were or where mm-hmm. you lived in a previous life absolutely uh yeah speaking from experience yes Makes sense. Uh, we do have a quick question here. I know we're getting down toward the end of the show, but from Alina, um, since it's on the topic, have we all lived another life or are some of us new? Oh, I think we've all we've all lived another life at this point. Um, I, I think that we're all we all keep coming back, and we keep coming back. You know, and and when you when you come back, we, by the way, you, your pets come back with you uh, in one way or another. They're also attached to you, um, but uh, and I found that that usually we wait for everybody, our contemporaries, to pass before we all come back. Okay, there are exceptions. So your 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 soul family or whatever you might call it, kind of they all wait until okay, everybody's here, and then we come back. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody needs to know in life. You go up there, have a party, and then okay, we've partied enough. Time to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward yeah. to a lot of wagging tails when I yeah. Have my time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we go off to a keg or just waiting. Okay. So. <laughs> um, this is a uh, interesting question earlier from Victoria M. Um, Rob, what is your take on taking a loved one's ashes and making a diamond or some other gemstone out of it? Oh, I think it's um, it, it's perfectly fine to do that. Um, it really it you know. As a spirit on the other side, they recognize how much they meant to you, and um, they're often flattered when you do something like that. Okay. Anything Fair to enough. remember a loved one is, you know, I, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I. Maybe we don't do it so much anymore, um, but you know, some cultures used to have like large shrines to all the different ancestors. And now we just, you know, we have the memorials at the, um, at the cemeteries, but once it's gone, a couple of generations, people kind of forget the headstones are still there, but you know, nobody really goes out there anymore. But yes, some of the older cultures, you know, you see where they had like their whole, you know, like all the ancestors were in one spot and they keep going back and back. And so I've always really respected cultures that are like that. To give people an idea of how important that was, I was in Edinburgh, Scotland, and there was a gentleman in a Greyfriars uh, Kirkyard. Yes, I've been there. Mm-hmm. That's it's a crazy place, y'all. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but he, he, Rob, you will know exactly where I'm talking about. Um, he had died in like 1100 or 1200, and do you know when his memorial was erected? Fifth. 1,500 and something. Oh, my gosh. So, wow. three to 400 years after his death, his memorial was erected. That goes to show you that it's, there, there is no, there's no time stamp on how long you can mourn or grieve or, or miss somebody. If somebody, if, if the lineage of a family is going to wait that long until for whatever reason they can mm-hmm. go ahead and erect it. And it was quite beautiful. It's quite beautiful. When you walk into Greyfriars Kirkyard, you go through the little thing, you go straight up and go to the right, and it's right on that back wall. And it's okay. right over there with the ones with the skull and crossbones on it. Uh, I have a picture of me pointing up at it because I just couldn't believe it. Mm. I couldn't believe three to 400 years had passed till his memorial was erected. Wow. That is amazing to me. 
Yeah, that's amazing considering like Shauna and I will go out and, uh, you know, check out the abandoned cemeteries and it's like, okay, this is like only a hundred years ago and it's all, you know, overgrown. Nobody's coming out here anymore. You know, it's, it's a shame how we, you know, forget just a couple generations ago and you're talking you know, a few hundred years before they finally erect the, uh, the memorial and, and, and now it's there for all time. So that's, that's amazing to me. It, re it really is. Yeah. I mean, I've been in cemeteries in England where you see the same thing, but you're talking about graves that are 800 years old. Yeah. You know, um, and of course they're in, they fall into disrepair, but there's so much more a level of respect in the other countries for the deceased than we see here. Yeah. It truly is. All right. So we're really down to like the last couple minutes here and, uh, you know, it was a fantastic time, Rob, uh, having you on, especially with the new Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel. Uh, where can everybody find you in your books? Um, they can find me um, at robgutrow.com or petspirits.com. Um, and then all the books are on Amazon. Um, and um, also on Twitter and Facebook. So. Cool. Awesome. Definitely. And um, what do you have coming up for events or anything else you might have going on? Well, I'm going to be doing a couple of lectures at the Inspired Ghost Tracking Group um, in uh, March and April. Okay. And uh, th I've got a lot of pet rescue uh, fundraisers going on this year. I'm already booked out. I think I have four or five uh, in New England already. Um, so all kinds of things. Plus, I'm writing my seventh book, which is all about uh, some of the investigations that I've been on with Inspired Ghost Tracking. Oh, Yay. very cool. Very cool. I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, because Inspired Ghost Tracking, definitely a fantastic group. If you guys are not following uh, IGT, definitely, definitely uh, check them out. So gave I gave Margaret a little shout out in the uh, Walk in the Shadows book. So I'm sure oh, she'll appreciate great. Thank that. You. <laughs> I can't wait to read your book, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, and I really appreciate your contribution to it. it was